0: Welcome to the Dunces Corner. We have a very special episode for you this time because we've got a guest that's sort of returning and sort of not because this is the second episode on which we have had Franciscan Friars of the Renewal.
1: Poco a poco vamos a llegar Somos peregrinos and you know that's who we are We make our way, hey hey Little by little, we learn a little more each day that God is love.
0: We are bringing the Franciscan power, and and by that I mean the Franciscan poverty, to our podcast. I am Dr. Brian Pedraza, and I am joined directly across from me, the amazing Rachel. How's it going? It's going good. Yeah? Yeah. You you were providing crockpots for us, which I'm Uh, greatly appreciating.
2: There was something powerful about walking into the liberal arts building with a crockpot in my hands earlier today. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, and what student does into that? The
0: teacher's lounge, too.
2: Yes, we get into the teacher's lounge.
0: And then we are joined by the super powerful uh, stair contest champion, Sister Ref. Sister Marie Refugio, what's up?
3: Nothing. You know, just getting ready to read the Summa later. So uh, you could pray for oh, me. Oh, I'm for sorry that. for
0: that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's sorry for that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Um, and then sitting to my right, of
0: course, is Matt, who's here for a second and third episode. Good to be here. I actually wrote the
1: paper on the Summa for tomorrow night's class. I'm sorry for that. So <laughs> I, I don't want to hear the complaints from the other side of the table.
3: It's not but complaints, man, it's just... Some of us had sorry. other,
2: we had other commitments that have kept us from the Summa up until this point.
3: The Lord Sadly. has called me elsewhere right now. The Summa will come.
1: Well, I spent the weekend with Aquinas, so that's what I did. I'm sorry for that Bless your heart <laughs> Wait Matt What are you What's your paper on? Uh, Aquinas' Comments on the Trinity From the Summa So like Wait that's so general Come on so, Give me something
2: Give them the topic. Give me
1: something to chew on So you can't So one of the things That I wrote the paper on Was that you can't say That the father was sent Oh mm-hmm. So like the question that In regards to that Like the mission of the three Like the three mm-hmm. persons Of the Trinity So
2: I haven't read that part yet
0: Yeah Good yeah, luck yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Are you old enough to know Will Smith and the Fresh, the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff the Summertime song? No. Here it is, a groove slightly transformed. You don't know that one? No. Oh, well, if you take it, you can totally put in summa 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 time.
4: Drums, please.
0: Next time, oh, yeah, you're I'm going to edit the paper. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. edit yeah. the paper. Yeah, man. That's going to be
2: There's We're going to get a rap album part two from That's Matt. Right.
0: That's right. Matt is actually, Matt actually turned in a rap album for his Christology, Christology. final. Wow. It was incredible. That's eight, cool. eight songs. But with that being said, we are also joined with our very <laughs> special guests. The Franciscan Friars of the Renewal are visiting Baton Rouge, and the two who are sitting at the table right now are Brother Mariano and Brother Paul. That's What's right. up, fellas?
5: Thank you for having us. It's a joy to be here. Hey, people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you say. <laughs> Is this your first time in Baton Rouge? Uh,
6: yeah, it's, it's my first time in Louisiana. Yeah, in Louisiana. yeah same yeah. here, yeah.
0: Okay, first impressions? Be real.
6: It's great. I love it. I love crawfish. Yeah, crawfish. yeah I was about to ask, thoughts on the food? It's, it's very good. Very Spicy, good. but good. Yeah. Okay.
0: Fantastic. And then we're also joined with the people in the audience. We've got There's more There's a crowd students, here, huh? And we've got more Friars, Friar Brothers, Postulants, and Father Mark Mary's chilling in the back right there. He's appreciating having some time off, man. Finally, He's been yeah. a workhorse this week. He has been a workhorse. He's busy. He's a busy man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> things first. I want to know how lent's going for everybody. I throw that out there. Are you having a lenty lent? Am I having a lenty lent? Yeah, last last throwback? year you were su- yeah. you were having a super lenty lent.
2: <laughs> last year I was on the struggle bus. Um in all transparency, this lent has been uh, it's been difficult in the sense of like I don't know, it doesn't feel like lent. So I'm really struggling to honestly like keep to my commitments and like um. yeah, to follow through. Um. But the Lord is definitely being gracious in that. Um. So, yeah. I actually, not even kidding, I was listening to the Poco a Poco podcast, and wow. I know, I know. Plug. I know, I know. I Sorry. Yes. But one of, like, this has been, like, one of my biggest um, graces, I would say, from this Lent, I was listening to an episode from, like, three or four weeks ago, and I was like, oh, man. Like, just really feeling convicted of, like, I need to go to confession. Um, and it was one of, like, one of the best confessions I've had in a long time. Oh dang. So, I actually, Thanks. I went to the, I know. Thanks, community. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was a huge gift. Um, and I was literally, I actually messaged one of my friends who we typically, like, when we listen to it, we'll talk about it together. And I was like, man, have you listened to this episode? And she's like, yes. She had listened to it the week before. And I was like thank God it's Friday because I need to go to confession tomorrow. I was like feeling mm. super convicted about it. And she was like, literally me last week. And I was like, all right, cool. Glad it's not just me.
0: Look at that. The Lord doing work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I I told uh, Mike and Ross this before, but so when I want an intellectual uh, exercise, I listened to the Thomistic Institute podcast, right? And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> okay this is good. Let me follow this lecture. Okay. But then when I want to touch the holy fire, <laughs> I'm like poco a poco right now, <laughs> you know, like no, no joke. And I, and it's not to say that the Dominicans don't have uh, prayerfulness in what they do, but you could just—I I feel like you guys, uh, your emphases, your charisms really come out in the the differing podcasts, right? The Dominicans are very intellectual, but also prayerful, and you guys—it's just like fire right there. But also, there's some intellectual stuff going on too, so mm-hmm. I love it.
2: It's fire yeah. and it's authentic.
0: Like, That's right. Like, yeah, I never
2: feel, real. like, shamed or, like, oh, man, like, ugh, like, ugh, ugh when I listen to it. It's That's always right. just
6: really good. And just for the sake of clarification, we have three doctors of the church in Dominica. They only have two. Yeah, <laughs> on, brother. That's right, brother. So, lay on, man.
0: <laughs> He is yeah, not there. doing a good work. Okay, <laughs> yes,
3: <sir>.
6: <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Just for <laughs> the sake uh, of clarification. That's figures. right, man.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, we we are a Franciscan University, so uh, we're all about that. <laughs> so that's, we, we that's support. nice. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, sister, how's Lent doing?
3: You know, I would describe it as uh, Lenty Lent. Um, yeah, it's it's been a struggle. I mean, I just had a spiritual direction and was talking with my spiritual director, and I mean, he illumined things, and I was like, wow, I've struggled this whole month with that, and I feel like I didn't waste my Lent, because, like, the Lord graciously opened my eyes, but it's just like, oof. Mm. So, really trying to spend these next, what, like, week and a half, two weeks um, to, you know, Not fix, but just allow the Lord into that place that I was hiding for some time. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just really convicted to grow more spiritually in the Lord. I mean, through that struggle and not entering into it because I was oblivious. um, Just, he was like, my mercy is still there. So, Mm. just Mm -hmm. take these next couple days, weeks, like that you have and just try a little bit more and we'll see. But I'm ready for Easter. Easter people like yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah see, people, see, sister ref <laughs> don't play. She don't play. You're the real deal. That's why we have you on. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to keep it rolling. That way you can, you know, if you have any offhand comments, I'm going to throw it on the back end of the
3: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy.
5: Yeah.
0: Okay, so you know without because we have a lot of people here and you know necessarily I'm going to have to save some time. I'm not going to make everybody do an examination of conscience for their lent, but I will say this. This is a thing that's on my mind. Um and this is where I really wanted to go with this podcast. So this is probably when was spring break? Was that last week? No, no, two, no weeks ago. 2 weeks ago. Okay, so 2 weeks ago, I go with Father Andrew Merrick to Mundline for an IPF conference, so the Institute of Priestly Formation, and they're having a symposium, I suppose is what they called it, on the what's called the Propodudic Year for a seminary and formation. So this is a thing that the U.S. bishops just put out based on the ratio that came from the Vatican. Um, it just came out last year, and it's the U.S. trying to give us what a new type of formation is going to be like for priests. And what struck me, it was a very illuminating symposium, but what really struck me was that what they're really aiming at is an experience of community for these young men. That these people have not actually experienced genuine community because they're coming from a culture in which a lot of the social unities that used to exist that would give us our identity have become broken. So, think of broken families that are out there. Um, think of how the parish doesn't really, in most places, do a good job of uh, being a genuine community, right? It's like grab the donut and run and be <laughs> mad at the person in the parking lot when you're trying to get out, that sort of a thing. Neighborhoods aren't really providing that kind of community. I think it's rare for somebody to actually know the names of the people who are their direct neighbors in our neighborhoods right now. So, it just seems like there's a lot of brokenness that's going on in those places that would normally give us our identity. And so it's seeping in to the way people are being formed, or shall I say malformed, mm-hmm. that you've got a lot of men who are entering into seminary, um, whether that's diocesan or the religious life. And the human formation is sorely missing, like even just like the basics of human formation are sorely missing. Um, and so a lot of what the guys were talking about the entire time was just helping these men to become better humans. And it kind of blew me away because I've been thinking about this, not just in terms of priestly formation, but in terms of my students. I mean, my own students seem to tell me that their own experience is laden with loneliness and laden with isolation. I was looking some stuff up in preparation for this. Like 50% of Gen Zers say that they're lonely. That's a huge amount Mm -hmm. for the people who are supposedly the most well-connected, so to speak, right? Um, The Cigna Group, this massive insurance company, did a huge study of American adults. 50% of American adults feel like they have no genuine person to have a conversation with. Half. (laughs) That's like half of our country, for real, who feels lonely and who feels isolated. And in my own experience – You know, thanks be to God, I had a good family. We had, you know, our our rough spots and stuff, but I I do feel blessed to have had both of my parents, even though they got married in high school and had a lot of things that they had to go through. But I don't think I ever had any intentional time thinking about community until I went to college. um, And I went to a different Franciscan university, the one in Steubenville, and experienced household life. And it was the first time where I had brothers, like older brothers and younger brothers. And we made it a point to say, this community is not based on whether you like hanging out with us. Instead, this community is based on our one love. And for us, it was following Jesus Christ through the steps of St. Joseph. We were the apprentices of St. Joseph. So that's the common good that holds us together. And there were a bunch of dudes that I would not have hung out with otherwise, right? They wouldn't have been the dudes that I picked to be my friends. Some of them were, and some of them definitely were not. You know, but we had to figure out what it meant to love each other and to live on the same wing together and to do all of these commitments together. And that was super formative for me. And then I ended up taking that experience to campus ministry um, where at Cornell, we started a ministry called Soldiers. And it wasn't about doing stuff. It was about being. Like, not doing, but being. And I the students, I gave them, well, the Holy Spirit gave them through, you know, this donkey, uh, a community, a place to be, you know? And it was super formative. I mean, the things that have happened with those students, I'm blown away what the Lord continues to do with them because they had that experience of being forged in community. So, all that to say, I want to talk about community life. Like I want to talk about Mm -hmm. what it means to be men and women of communion and having you brothers here, I think you guys will have a lot to offer us um, in terms of your own experience of of community and maybe just to open things up, you know, whoever wants to take it and people could chime in. But have you seen, I guess, uh, the evidence of the lack of community in people around you? Have you seen the evidence of the loneliness and the isolation that seems to be coming out in these studies? What do you all think?
3: I mean, I think you saw it exponentially during, after the COVID um, because oh, yeah. it was there, but it just kind of expounded even more after isolation started to lift. Like people didn't know like how to interact with one another. Yeah. And so it just, it it blew that up even more of people didn't know how to interact anymore and then they just pulled away. But then in the pulling away, they felt even more lonely and they it just, it's a cycle that People are still actually in because they don't know two years more or less going into that of they don't know how to step out. I mean, even myself as a religious, I mean, we community in itself, but we were isolated and then going back out into community. Like I, there were times where I didn't know how to like move into this place of like ministering of I'm not sure if they're comfortable. I don't want to. I'm not sure what I need to do right now. Um, So saw that real time, even as a religious of, I don't know how to interact or to help others. So that isolation, you know, felt that in a cell in, in some sense too. Mm -hmm. So yeah,
2: it was really, um, I moved home in the middle uh, of the first summer of the pandemic. And um, I would say it was actually like super, I felt super isolated, like, like, I didn't even know if I had, like, friends. Like, I was like, like, I just didn't, you know, I, um, yeah, I didn't know what COVID in the States looked like. I didn't know, like, what interaction with people looked like. Like, I had been isolated in my own community. Um, I had served as a net missionary and, um, like, in that, great, right? Like, a great community and we interacted well together. But outside of that, like, even just coming home to my family of, like, this awkward, there were just so many awkward moments where it was like, like, can you hug this person? Can you not hug this person? Like, mm-hmm. some of these people I hadn't seen in over a year. Um, but it was like this weird, like, that to me, it was like it was. I was hyper aware. I feel like, um, yeah, and definitely lonely of just like, yeah, like no idea, um, who, like, who was not who was left and like who hadn't died because that wasn't like a thing that I was facing, but who was left in terms of like, I just spent two years away and I'm moving home in this, in the midst of this like weird, weird time. Um, And just not even knowing. Yeah. Like who, who to call on outside of my family. Like it was basically like my family, the parish priest. And at the time we had two seminarians with us over the summer. And like, that was, that was it. That was all I really had.
0: Yeah. And I think, truth be told, the pandemic just ripped off a Band-Aid for a wound that was already there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think everybody mm-hmm. was already lonely. Yeah. The Ooh. pandemic just amplified it, right? It just kind of put a magnifying glass to our loneliness. Well,
3: and it gave them, like, phones. Like, it, yeah, they that- spent more times on phones and just in their own little world. And it was like, whatever's on the phone, like, that's where I'm at. But... Now stepping out of that, they're just, I don't know what to do because that was where I was. And now I don't know how, so that's, I was comfortable here, but stepping out from that, I don't know how that is, but I'm lonely and it's not anyone's fault. It's just, how do we help them build community from that of, it's a tough, tough thing.
1: Well, you had social media boom during the pandemic too, because everyone just sat on Instagram and Snapchat all day. And that's where they thought they were getting their community life from. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's like obviously a facade. And you got people who come out of that and you're like, how do I interact in person? But then you also care more about like your social status of like how long your streak is on Snapchat or like how many likes you got on Instagram. It's just like that doesn't help the loneliness problem at all. Like yeah. being connected, through I think social it actually media, amplifies. Yeah. Because
2: it's not a, it's not a like, It's It's not not sitting across the table, having a conversation. It's like, we're going to sit at the same table and scroll on Instagram. And this is our interaction. And like, there's no, there's no actual interaction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I I think part of the issue here is, so we want community for people. I mean, I, I want it for us. Like I've been malformed by the culture too. I probably am not the man of communion that I would like to be. Um, But just to give you some of the examples uh, that I heard at the conference. So, there were uh, seminary rectors, there were uh, heads of propodutic houses, there were counselors who work with seminarians, and they were sharing some of these stories. And so, one of them was uh, a guy was saying that he – allowed on sunday i think it was sunday it was either sunday or saturday and he was like I'm, I'm gonna allow the guys some free time because they're normally it's a social it's a phone free zone the, the Propedeutic house like they just don't do social media there are no phones that sort of a thing because you have to swing the pendulum back the other way because if people are addicted there's no like oh but technology is like really good and you need to learn how to use it it's like you're an addict <laughs> like we're taking the thing away first and then we could reintroduce it later right mm-hmm. And so he was like, oh, okay, you guys have some free time. And like the dude just watched college football all day, right? And then afterwards he was done and he, and he was telling his uh, the head of the house and he was just like, I feel sick to my stomach right now. Mm. Like I don't know why I just did that. But it, it's just the thing that he naturally went back to, right? And that experience, which is common for us, like I probably wouldn't feel sick to my stomach, you know. But for him, it was like after getting a taste of life without Screens, it was like, whoa, this is not good. Like, what I just went back to, like, I, I ran hardcore back into that. And then, probably the most telling one for me was um, in St. Louis, they have what they call processing groups as, of counseling. So, the guys in the propodutic year, they meet together once a week in like a group of just like, I don't know, four or five dudes. And they just like, how are you really doing? Mm-hmm. Like, tell your brothers, how are you really doing right now? And um, just to show you that even when you're introduced to real community, but you're not used to it and that it can be painful to experience it. At one point, um, the counselor, his name is Paul Ruff. And uh, Ruff was up there and he was giving these examples and he was like, so one of the uh, seminarians, their dad passed away. And so, he had to go and He went to the funeral and everything like that. And while he's gone, the other brothers are like, how are we supposed to act when he comes back? Mm. Like, like what do we do? Like, should we bring it up? Should we not bring it up? Like, do I give the guy a hug? Do I talk about it? And then the guy ends up coming back. And they decide like, what they want to do is express that they love him and want to be there for him. And so during the processing group, the whole time, the guy's quiet, right? He's he's removed. He's not saying anything. He's still wrestling with it. And then one of the guys is like, hey, man, um, I just wanted to tell you that we love you and we're here for you. And then Ruff, who's running the group, is like, oh, we don't speak for other people in this group. Is there something that you would like to say to your brother personally? And the guy was like, um, I love you, and I'm here for you. And the dude whose dad died was like, Ruff, why did you make him do that? Like, I could take it when he said we, oui, but I can't take it when it says, I love you. You know, like, just the pain of, like, opening up that wound and what's actually there. And I was like, man, I think tons of people need that. You know, like, maybe it's not my dad who died, but there are all sorts of things that are dying inside of me. That I don't really voice to other people, and I'm not even sure which people I should trust in voicing them to, You know, so those are just a couple examples. But thanks be to God, we've got some brothers here who uh, have immersed themselves in community life uh, in the fire. So uh, I don't know what
6: men of communion,
0: brothers. What are you What are you hearing so far from what we're talking about? Does it resonate with you? And then what is it like in your own community and hmm. trying to deal with this?
6: In our community is funny because we have like kind of three pillars in our way of life. The first is prayer. Because we are male of prayer, we are male of fraternity, is our second pillar, so we live as brothers. And from our brotherhood comes our service to the poor. That is our third pillar. So that's just why we don't have individual apostolates. We serve yeah. together uh, in different modes, but always together. Because Fraternity and brotherhood is, I would say, is the core of our way of life. We pray together, we serve together, we struggle together. And, but this is not because we are CFRs, it's because we are Franciscans. Francis, he says in his testament, and the, God, and, and, and the Lord gave me brothers, so brotherhood is a gift from God hmm. and the midst of, I would say, misery. Um, and I always go back to Francis because he's very real. Uh, he's not Kumbaya my Lord. He's very rooted in reality. Um, and I always go back to the end of his life when he's struggling with the brothers. so he received he received brotherhood as a gift from God. Um, he received his first followers and from this encounter comes this uh, this order. Uh, but at the end of his life he was really struggling with the brothers. he was really disappointed with the brothers. he was angry with the brothers. Uh, he was sad for the brothers. Um, and it is important also to acknowledge the dynamic in Francis' life because it's exactly when he was able to receive the gift of brotherhood in all the complexity of brotherhood, not only in the good times, but the good times and bad times, is when he was finally conformed to Christ crucified in Laverna. And I think it's very beautiful that when he received the sigmata, his reaction is to praise God with the praise of God, but also is to pray over Brother Leo. Uh, and I think that's the core of our fraternity. We are able to be a self-gift, to overcome our, our self-preoccupation, our self-concern. Uh, we live in New York City, so we see a city isolating the poor, and we see poor, the poor being isolated from their families all the time. Uh, it's just, we live in Manhattan with 6 million people, and there is a tons of poor people on the streets being isolated. Um, and why this happened? And at the same time, you you quoted this this research about people desiring uh, community, but at the same time, it's, it's very contradictory because they want community, but at the same time, we are under a pandemic of selfishness. Mm. So I'm I'm super self uh, self concerned. I'm super selfly focused, but I want community. Yeah. Okay, something doesn't fit so well here because ultimately, is like man made community. I want brothers, but the brother must follow my guidance. Mm. I want to be a community that is shaped by my own, uh, form. And I think a Christian community, and that's a mystery of Franciscan life, is this surrender of everything I think is reasonable. And I'm, I'm able to, to let go expectations, to let go what I think is fair, just, feasible, reasonable. And I'm able to see my, my brother as, as the owner of my own vocation. So, I'm so concerned about my brothers that I'm able to pull myself out, ideally, even in the midst of struggle. And God comes exactly at this place and He's able to confirm me to Christ crucified because suffering now is a language of love. And, and we see this with the poor on the street all the time also. So it's, it's complex because it's not, it's not clear. It demands a lot of self-surrender, a lot of abandonment. But we are able to do this Poco a Poco. Oh! Do you like it? it. Yeah.
1: Poco a Poco, vamos a llegar. Somos peregrinos and you know that's who we are. We make our way. Hey, hey. Little by little, we learn a little more each day that God is love.
5: That was nice. That, that, that was good. Yeah, but, yeah that was really
6: yeah. good. Go. <laughs> I'm, I'm clever, okay? You're very clever. <laughs> Bull, no,
3: I mean I please, sorry. sorry, no, no please sister <laughs> Like community life, thinking about that even more of when I entered, I'm the oldest of five. And so when I entered, I was the little one. I was the the little sister. And so I didn't know how to be in that place of how to come into community and to be somewhat served. And I I came out of knowing I was the older one, I had the experience, I had Helping my younger siblings grow up and do things for them. But when I entered community life, it was completely flipped upside down. And I remember my first few months of postulancy, I was, I didn't know, I didn't know how to receive. Like, I didn't know what it meant to receive from others and to be able to receive. And so, in our community, learning that of the role being shifted and just trying to enter in and like Christ crucified, you know, entering in there and being conformed more to Him of like, he also received from like his apostles and disciples and those who followed him like they gave them him water, they tried to give him food, like things like that that we hear in the scriptures and so Jesus was my model in that of okay, it's okay to not know and it's okay to receive from your fellow sisters it's okay to just be a mm-hmm. little one um yeah hmm.
2: I think that's I think it's a societal thing though like i I mean I didn't live in a um In a religious community, but I spent two years in community and (laughs) I would arguably say receiving was really hard for me as well. Like I like like as simple as like allowing a man to carry my suitcase. I was like, no, I'm going to do it myself. And I literally remember someone being like, you have to let them serve you. It's Mm -hmm. like do it myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's like but like that's a societal like in my opinion, pressure of like, like I have to be able to be self-sufficient because I can't rely on anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would say that our society is very like counter community. Like they don't want, you know, like I was just thinking of like, we had this conversation um, at one of our theology on taps for the diocese. I don't know, at the beginning of the semester, maybe. Um, And it was all about community because being in the young adult world, like all you hear is this desire for community. Like, I want community. I want community. And then as soon as, or like, I want ministry. And it's like, no, no. Like, what you're desiring is community. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, the reality mm-hmm. is, is like, the church cannot just, or like, the young adult office for the diocese cannot, like, put together a community and say, here you go. Yeah. Like, like it doesn't work like that. Like, you have to seek your own community, um, which is difficult because you have to be willing to be like, hey, like, like let's enter into community with one another, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but so many people don't even have this like realization of like, like I want something. And that's what they'll say. Like, like I want an event. Like I want to meet people. I want to but it's like, but what you're desiring is community. Like you're desiring to be seen and to see. Um, but like we don't have we don't have the ability to articulate that.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion. Well, I think that even brings back to what Dr. Badraza said about the doing and being that community life. I think a big thing that falls into that is you have to learn how to be. It's not all about doing. And so that's a concept for me that I still struggle with that. I'm always uh, my mom. I think I said it on the last podcast, but I see the need and I feel the need. And it's just like this constant motive of going, going, going to help others, and it's a good desire, but at the same time, I just also have to have moments of being and surrendering of, like, I could do that right now. I could go out and help in this way, but what's the Lord asking of me to just be? And I think a challenge for our culture is to drop the phone, put the phone down of, like, I'm going to this, I don't know, like, class something, like, they're going to something leave the phone in the car or like leave it on silent. Like, Don't look at it for that time that you're there of entering in and just being present instead of I'm here, but my one foot's here and the other foot is what's going on in social media type thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Brother Paul, I feel like you're ready to drop some holy wisdom on us, man. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting so patiently. Drop the mic. We'll what you it. got?
5: what you got? Um, I think for myself, I just uh, realized that I can't, I can't do it alone. I can't do it by myself. I can't isolate myself. Um, I have to receive in the in the, in the the sense that uh, if I want to make it, I have to share with my brothers like vulnerably from my heart where I'm hurting, where my weaknesses are. And to be received in that place of weakness and struggle is not easy. But I think that might be the equivalent for us because uh, we have community. We have brothers around us, but it could be very easy just to kind of remain on the surface level, you know, and do it all yourself and do the right things and make it happen. But for me, I think I've just, I've experienced over and over again, like I can't do it alone. Mm. Um, and I've, yeah, by the grace of God have been able to share with my brothers, my weaknesses and be received in that place. And honestly, it's, it's become the greatest joy of my life. I think one of the greatest joys of my life is to, um, to be weak in front of my brothers and to be received by them and loved and, and uh, to, to follow Jesus together and to receive also my brothers and their weakness. And uh, there's something really beautiful and freeing about that. And I'm so grateful to God for the gift of my brothers and I uh, wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for the world really. So I think when you're, when you're looking for community um, there is definitely this abandonment and there is this uh, willing to receive, but um, also just realizing that like we, we can't do it alone. I, I can't do it alone and follow Jesus alone it's really a huge challenge. Um so that's where that kind of isolating comes in the the phones, the technology, everything's kind of working against that um that reliance and dependence on the Lord and others and um and so I think that's like the goal of set, setting that aside is just to even if you're not like physically with somebody to just receive from the Lord and to be received by the Lord and in the present moment and silence. And um, ultimately that's the goal of community, but just walking with brothers and and sisters together towards Jesus. It's, it's a, a great gift. Mm. I'm incredibly grateful for. So.
0: I love the lesson of dependence of relationship because we have a culture that is all about autonomy and independence. So we've been sort of, Swimming in that culture, it's malformed me in many ways, but the Christian life is one of dependence and relationship. Um, I think Francis brings that out, uh, so clearly, right? Dependence and relationship is mm-hmm. like written through Francis's way of viewing the world and, um, Bonaventure's way of viewing Francis. Um, but we're not used to that, which means that it hurts. Like when you touch real community, it's not like I'm an easy fit. Like, I feel like I'm a fish out of water when you touch real community. Mm -hmm. And I find that some of my students, other people that I know, friends, when they touch real community and it starts to hurt, it's like, I'm getting out of here. Like, this is painful. I'm not used to that. Like, I'm not used to being vulnerable. I'm not used to showing that I'm not perfect, that I have these wounds. I'm not staying. So, I don't know, what advice do you have, brothers, for uh, people who want community But then when they start to enter into it, it's like, whoa, no way, no way. This is painful for entering in.
5: I think maybe, um, first asking for the grace from God and, and, um, being grateful to the Lord for community, but also just simply bringing those things before Jesus and letting him look at us in that place first. You know what I mean? And and just see what he has to say about it, about what we, uh, what goes on in our hearts. Um, yeah. I mean, it can be really helpful to, to process those things with, with somebody and to share that in community. But I first, I, maybe just, uh, to humbly and, and really just kind of in a raw way bring that before Jesus. And, and maybe that could help. I think as you, um, as you experience real community, you've, you've experienced that communion with the Lord already in a, in little ways, you know. And so I don't know. That's the first thing that comes to mind, but. Amen. Um
6: I I think we, we, we must bury the self made man. I think that, that the self-made man is is, is poison because is is an anti Christian because I have I have the, the ownership of my own life. Um and I think that the, promi- the promise the primacy of the individual is is a pandemic in our society. And the way to the antidote against the self-made man is vulnerability. I choose to be vulnerable. I choose to acknowledge my wounds because ultimately I worship a vulnerable God, a wounded God. Uh, and I'm not afraid of my brokenness. I'm not afraid of my, of my misery. I'm not afraid of my poverty. Um, I don't need to cope against my poverty. Uh, and, I, but I think, and that's the, the issue with cell phones. I will say that in my view is, is the, is the pinnacle. Like cell phones, they create a distraction. I'm unable to see those things. Uh, ultimately technology can be used to build community but I think that the point is technology distracts mm-hmm. uh, technology creates this, those high experiences, I'm always high I'm always coping I'm always distracted I'm unable to grow in self-knowledge yeah. if I'm boring, I'm, I'm using TikTok whatever this means uh, if I'm boring, I'm watching Netflix if I don't like it, I'm, I'm changing the channel Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much about me. I, I'm the owner, I'm the builder of my distraction. Uh, and ultimately, that's the promise of the individual. Um, and sometimes we can come to a community experience with this perspective. It's about me. Okay, I want community, but on, under my guidance, under my rules. Right. right. Uh, and that's when confronted with the brothers, because I think in community life, and I think Cesar will agree with me, uh, the brothers, they are the mirror of yourself. You see your poverty, you see your brokenness through the brothers, the way they react, the way they annoy you, the way they, they talk to you. Um, and through the experience, you have two options. Or you can say they're wrong and I'm right. Uh, or you can acknowledge there's something happening inside yourself. And that's when you bring this to the Lord and you are able to, okay, Lord, you are a wounded God, a vulnerable God and I bring to you my vulnerability, I bring mm-hmm. to you my, my woundedness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, the, this beautiful exchange that again, in Francis' life, this happened literally. He's struggling with the brothers and now he's bleeding as Christ. Uh, but ultimately I think it's, it's, it's is this, this daily battle against distraction. the world is always selling distraction. You don't need to be aware of yourself You don't need to be attentive to your heart. You don't need to be aware of your affections. You don't need to be aware of your brokenness. You you don't need to look at yourself. Uh, And when you look at yourself, now you are overly concerned and anxious because you think that you you have the tools to heal yourself. Mm. Uh, So it's much further. Yes, you should look inside yourself, as Bonaventure says, but not being bent over because you are not the owner of your healing. You're not the owner of your of your answer. You don't have an answer. You don't have a healing power. So you see yourself. You see your brokenness. You see, you see your woundedness. You see your misery, etc., etc., etc. And this could be a little bit like too much. But that's the moment when you bring this for the cross. You mm-hmm. allow this beautiful exchange to happen um, with the wounded one. With the vulnerable one, this mm. divine vulnerable on the cross. Um, again, Francis saw that. I, I, I always go back to Francis because I think he's the the, the best example of this experience because he's really struggling. He's struggling with the brothers. He's disappointed with the brothers. Uh, and and what, what happened with him? Now he's he's conformed to Christ crucified, and now he's praying for the brothers. Uh, and at his deathbed, he's blessing the brothers. He's He's praising the Lord for his brothers, even though it was hard. Mm-hmm. But who said that it's easy? Like, we worship a crucified God. So, mm-hmm. um, it's important to be aware of those realities because sometimes we think that Christianity is, again, is a spiritual Disneyland, and it's not. Um, but but I I think that the answer is to, in a very concrete level, to fight against distraction. And I think, I think cell phone is distraction, mm-hmm. to be aware of yourself. And to bring it for the cross.
0: Hmm. yeah.
6: I'm hmm. loving that, brother.
0: That I see good. some brothers, too, have been like leaning forward. Like, hey, are you guys ready? Are you chomping <laughs> yes, at this to tag they're, in? They're, they're, ready. Oh, they're was,
6: ready. Who's on. tagging in?
0: I, I saw some people like... <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs>
6: Come on, Ross. I can Okay.
0: Ross, yeah, so, oh, step into the mic. I'm here.
4: So, I think yeah, if there's anything that being in this particular community has taught me, um, or has helped me out is like this permission to be weak. Um, this permission to be vulnerable, a permission to say that I'm wounded. Um, because ultimately when I can acknowledge that and I'm given a space to acknowledge it, then I can see myself in the crucifix. Um, And for the first time, see myself in the crucifix. And many times in my life, uh, I thought, oh, my woundedness, my, my hurt, my problems, my struggles, they are what separates me from Christ. Um, but being told, yeah, like Francis, his, it's not his, his holiness that got him the stigmata. It's his struggle. It's his acknowledgement of, Uh, God, I, I really don't know what to do. You gave me these brothers. I don't like them anymore. (laughs) And so Jesus says, Well, become like me. Become like me because the Father gave me brothers and they abandoned me too. Um, and so when I go to my brothers and I say, Brothers, look, I'm, I'm wounded. My, you know, my father wasn't the best father. Or I say, My friends led me down the wrong path or I've done this before. Um, And they accept me and they and they hug me they embrace me they say i love you ross Um, then i can go to the chapel and um, yeah with with tears of joy instead of the tears of discouragement or sorrow that i used to feel um, i could feel feel it a good connection with christ on the cross and so that's something I'm very I'm very blessed with with this community is a permission to be vulnerable. So that's a good challenge for all those out there um, that are going to be listening to this. It's just like this. It's okay to be weak um, and it's okay to be struggling and it's okay that, that you're not perfect. Um, because ultimately we're following a weak and vulnerable God who has made himself subject to all of our imperfections, and He still does today. So, He wants you to be crucified with Him in that way. So, that's a beautiful
0: gift. Hmm. Amen. Brother Paul lit the holy fire, then Brother Mariano started fanning the flame, and then Ross just came in and dumped some gasoline on it. (laughs) That's nice, man. I like that. I like that a lot. Why is it so hard for us to admit that we're wounded?
3: It acknowledges that you're weak. I mean, that you, you don't have the answer for it all. Um, I mean, going back to what we are talking about for Lent, like, I mean, that was where I was. I asked Jesus, Jesus, help me love like you. And he was like, oh, okay, here. And like, gave me opportunities. And I mean, I spent my last two holy hours asking Jesus, wow, like, I did not, you were giving me many opportunities and here I am not like being aware of it but now thanks be to god i have that awareness but i mean that's that is what it is it's just you're you think you have the answer i think it's also a desire to like
2: hide yeah or yeah i was literally just sitting here like man where have i just heard this and father mark mary talked about it last night like it's like the imperfections (laughs) Um, like we (laughs) want to like we want to present a perfect self um, and so it's our imperfections I think that that keep us from being vulnerable. Like I mean, I definitely struggle with this in community. Like it was really hard. It was really hard for me to be vulnerable for a really long time. Like and I literally had sisters that would call me out on it, like, hey, like what's going on? And be like, No, 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 nothing. And then we're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here until you tell me. I remember being like mm. all right, cool, I'm not gonna tell you. But like the intentionality of, you know, like sitting until it did come out. Um
0: yeah. Really important. So I, I love this thing about vulnerability, even though it's really hard. It strikes me though that the thing that grounds genuine community, you know, when Brother Paul talks about running, um, taking things to Jesus and Brother Mariano says, you know, look at the vulnerable one. Christ is really the one who's able to bind people together, right? Like he is the mediator. He's, uh, he is the communion between humanity and the mm-hmm. Blessed Trinity. So I feel like there are going to be some people who will listen to this and they'll be thinking about, yeah, I'm going to be vulnerable with like that one girl or like that one dude. And it's like, nah, you probably shouldn't be vulnerable with them. You know, like, like there's. There's not that thing that's going to make it okay, that's more powerful, that's a stronger bond than anything else, that can help purify, you know, all the rough parts of communion. Like there's always something that has to be a a genuine common good for people to be bound together, you know? And I, I think it's that being in place first that even gives me the first steps in saying like, I'm willing to trust a little bit to be a little bit vulnerable just to see how this is going to go, or else it could be like a real mess, right? Like making yourself vulnerable to somebody who can't even handle the Mm -hmm. weight of whatever it is you're talking about or has no way to receive what it is that you're sharing. And it it reminds me of this one time. So, uh, my buddy Tim, when I was doing campus ministry at Cornell, we were supposed to live in this ministry house, this really nice house that this ministry was renovating and we would host groups. So, we were the dudes who were going to be responsible for taking care of the house, but the house wasn't ready on time. I mean, surprise, surprise, construction never is, right? So, we were homeless for just about a semester. And for the main part of it, we literally lived on the balcony of his frat house, like not in a room, like in the balcony. (laughs) like. In Ithaca, New York, it was cold, man. It was really cold. But I remember one time uh we went to this talk and the the speaker was saying, like, you want to know the test of a true friend when you can ask your friend what it is that you need to be better at. And so we went to our balcony that night, right? And we're like freezing uh in our sleeping bags and stuff. And we're just kind of like, hey, so, uh yeah, what that dude talked about, uh you want to try that? <laughs> <laughs> and so, we were like, okay, this is kind of weird. We don't normally, like, give the other guy freedom, like, tell me what I am really bad at, you know? Like, what what do I need to work on? And, you know, just hearing from him at that moment, like, you know, instead of seeing, like, the good stuff that's going on, you tend to focus on what just needs to get better all the time. And I was like, oh... Ooh, you know, like, oh, okay, 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 I take this in, let me see how I can deal with this. And it was really uncomfortable, right, to hear that. But it was also the fact that we shared this love for the Lord, and we wanted this holy brotherhood and friendship to build each other up, that it was like, you know, I could get over this discomfort and say, like, thanks for telling me that. That's really hard to take, but I'm going to try to get better at that, you know. I've got to be more aware of that sort of a thing. But I just think that's tough for people to do, man. Like, even though we need more of it. So I'm going to throw this out here and then see if any other brothers want to tag in for for a moment. This is a passage that comes from the Program for Priestly Formation, and it's in the section on community. And this part really stood out to me. It says, Community life can help overcome difficulties caused by excessive individualism. Formation comes about every day. Through interpersonal relationships, moments of exchange and discussion, which result in the development of that fertile soil in which a vocation matures concretely. I mean, that's worth, that's incredible right there. Just thinking about the formation happens in relationships, exchange. A lot of it happens (coughs) in like, not the unplanned time, like not the doing, right? But the being. The seminary is a school of human virtue and of growth in honesty, integrity, intellectual rigor, hard work, and tolerance. Bless you. Where the common good is built with solidarity and discipline, all leavened by humor and healthy enjoyment. The seminary is a school of spiritual growth in which seminarians are formed into men of prayer imbued with those virtues that only grace can bring, faith, hope, and charity. In fact, fraternity is fostered through spiritual growth, which requires a constant effort to overcome various forms of individualism. So, just abstracting from there, not only for seminarians, but for all of us who are trying to enter into genuine community, like, where do people experience this, right? Relationships, honesty, integrity, intellectual rigor, hard work, tolerance, the common good, solidarity, discipline, being people of prayer. We don't have communities like this, like readily available, even though this is what the human being longs for. Like this is what the human being is made for, this kind of communion. So. I don't know, brothers, when it comes to your own communal life, I mean, have you experienced that in your community and how so? What's up, y'all? <laughs> What's up? Um, this is Tyler coming in.
7: Yeah, Tyler from Florida. How What's y'all doing? Um, yeah, I think just what comes to mind is my own experience of formation like in community, which I've, since my reconversion, just been around a lot of different communities, Like this idea of being malformed is such like, yeah, it's such a wound, but such a gift that I've been able to experience. And just thinking about my formation now as a postulate with CFRs is is basically relearning everything and like taking a moment to stop instead of bending over to like look back at Jesus. And another IPF thing, which you may have heard of is relationship identity mission. Mm. And it's, Yeah, this this place of relationship being first. Like if I'm not, yeah, if I'm not rooted in relationship, how can I go forward with anything else? If I don't know who Jesus is, how can I even begin to explore my own self? And so it becomes or can become for me this like toxic cycle of trying to like branch out, trying to grow in community, trying to like pursue these things that Dr. Pedraza just said. Um, But like it takes work. Like Father Mark Mary will, will say a lot of times, like you have to do the work to receive the gift. And it's like, yeah, what's the deepest of desire of my heart? It's it's to know why I'm here. I think we ask that question a lot as young people. Um, and that's where the identity comes in. But again, I can't know this identity if I'm not rooted in Christ. But that's why I have the brothers there. That's why I have these people who can, yeah, like push me forward and, and even in the human stuff, like when it's hard to wake up at 5 a.m. to go to our first prayer, like I know there's going to be a brother knocking on my door if I'm not there. Um, when I don't want to take out the garbage, like there's going to be a brother there who's with me. Uh, you can fill in the blank of all these varying things of difficulty, but ultimately, yeah, I think it comes down to this, uh, this virtue of fortitude, this virtue of, of being faithful and in particular, like, just thinking about the seminarian and this propedeutic year uh, and, like, my self-impostulancy, which is about a year long. Uh, it's sort of like our propedeutic year, if you will. Uh, and, like, the encouragement is, like, why leave when I haven't experienced the fullness yet? Like, to be removed from from the distraction that Brother Mariano was talking about, to be removed from my own selfishness and, and to be purified and then to be a, yeah, be free now to – like pursue this idea of community, um, because ultimately I don't know everything, and and to each step along this process being formed in such a way that, yeah, I just I'm I'm a humble poor man who doesn't know what I'm doing, and I can't ask much more than than help, than a helping hand, than a brother there to be with me when when I'm on the ground crying, messed up, beat up, going through it.
0: Hmm. You ever been on the ground crying in the friary? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs>
8: For the Mark Mary stepping up to the mic. Sure. Yeah, one of the gifts I think of Franciscan life is, uh, <clears throat> it just kind of keeps keeps you rooted. Like you have like these sublime things happening, and then these ridiculous things happening at the same time, and so. It's like, you know, like, I, I like the idea of, like, we're all familiar with Zoom now. And, like, there's the chat, you know? Like, the the Zoom's like, the life thing that's happening. But there's always, like, the chat's active. So, during this deep conversation, I was over there just pondering one of the postulants who's got his TV on. And he's got four. He's got his, like, four toes in the strap. And he's got his big toe just hanging out without a seatbelt on. <laughs> um, I'm very, very curious about what's going on over there. Um, I'll, I'll share two things. And... uh there's a sister friend who's studied astrophysics at Harvard. So I bounced this off her. And so there's this, this thing of, um, I think like if you just look at the, like how the world works, right? Like if you look at, uh, we, we understand there's this whole thing with the big bang and, and the, the theory of the big bang comes from looking at the universe and that there's this ongoing expansion. Things just keep getting further, further away, but also so that, so that's kind of just a natural phenomenon, but actual, but at the same time, there's this force, which, actually uh attracts all together called gravity and so in all of kind of the cosmos there's these two forces at play there's like this movement away while there's this attraction too and i think this is just like really true also of um the realities of like communion and relationship that essentially um within human history there's this like big bang of of the fall And so now there is this movement, and this the 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 result of concupiscence. There is something in us which 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 tends towards isolation and tends away. But at the same time, being made in the image and likeness of God, being made for communion, there's this desire for communion. And so all of us are in this tension of like we we kind of want to be alone, but at the same time like we we need to be in communion. And so so always like there's this this a dynamic of relationship and of community life of like in this Valley of Tears, we're always, we're always wrestling with these two things. And so there is a real dynamic of, of our daily taking of our cross is the daily choice for staying in that relationship, even though it's difficult. And kind of to go to the second point, um, it's something I, I believe deeply and I share with, within the friary, uh, with some consistency, maybe it's just, um, the maturation, I believe of the human person is, uh, to develop a fatherly or motherly heart. So a fatherly or motherly heart. And that the fullness and the healthiness of communion is when it's a, a a communion of fathers and of mothers, and like um so like a father like a father and a mother, it's totally others oriented. It's totally committed. It's totally others oriented. They're in these relationship not for themselves, but but totally like their their joy is the joy of the others. Their sorrow is the sorrow of the others. It's just this total self gift. And you see, even here, to be honest, like I think you know, Doctor badrazi you're a dad. You got a few kids, right? Yeah. And I've just felt that like in our own small kind of like way and just experiencing your own fatherhood for me you know I'm, we're out here doing this mission and and kind of going hard and we have we have this opportunity to do a podcast and it's like father's here and he's on a podcast whatever like a lot of people be like oh let's like let's like rope him in let's take advantage of, of the time here but doctor is just like you know what father father's over there he's tired he's been working hard we're gonna like let him chill you know and i just recognize like that's your own um fatherhood being expressed towards me and like a fraternity, you know what, maybe it'd be great at the podcast. if like the other podcast priest was on here, but you know what? Like, it's not about me. He needs some rest. He's got some other things to go on, like going on. Like we're going to let him chill for a minute, you know? And so just again, like that's, that's, that's what we're going for is when we, we develop this others oriented approach to everything. And then, and then this, this makes a communion relationship uh, possible and, and beautiful. Hmm. And so, just to say thanks as well for loving me as a as a as a father and a brother, and kind of giving me some space over there. But wanted yeah, to man. recognize it. Yeah, I
0: even brought you some nachos, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, <that's, laughs>
8: it's, it's good. I mean, that's just it's the gift of it, of when you're it. kind of when you you didn't get there easily, or you
0: didn't get there by accident either. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it, t- it took a lot of uh, overcoming myself. Still working on that. Um, I'm gonna let Father Mark Mary have the last word right there as we transition to the game.
8: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to let Brother Mariano get back.
5: Oh, yeah. Come on,
0: brother. <laughs> I'm <fine. laughs> Brother Mariano's like, no, you can stay. All right. All right. all right. Look who doesn't have a fatherly heart. <laughs> so this game is, uh, you know how in the Catholic uh, world we like to speak of both and all the time, right? The both and. Oh, no, no. So this is the game where we force you to be a heretic. So you have to choose either or, okay? It's, it's, it's the either or game. All right, so I'm just going to give you two things. Let's just preface why. with the the theologian is is causing us to be
2: heretics Yeah, that's so right.
0: That's right, that's right. That's um, right. So it, you know it's real easy, but it helps no helpful if you explain yourself. So Rachel, I'm I would like to start with you if that's all right. Dang, always. Fine with me. Yeah, Rachel, you're you're good at leading the way. So you've got to pick one of these, okay? You who have been two years in Ireland, warm Guinness or a cold Guinness. Ugh.
2: I don't like Guinness, but a cold one over a warm one.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, I don't think I can even drink a Guinness without it being icy A Guinness is like
2: an entire meal in a cup.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's thick. It's thick. Okay. Sister Ref, coming at you now. Okay. The CFR postulant outfit or the Mercedarian postulant outfit? (laughs) (laughs) Be careful how you answer that one. Well. Come on, be honest.
3: Considering I did not wear many dresses growing up, uh, not Saying that this is a dress But Pants Have a little bit more Leeway Than um, The oh. habit does oh, But I wouldn't change where I am But Pants pants.
0: Oh the CFR Okay she Look at it. that yeah. Look at that She picked the CFR postulate outfit I kinda like it guys You know This is good and rugged <laughs> yeah. Okay Matt Going over to you um, Derek Carr Or Jimmy Garoppolo
1: <laughs> Derek Carr
0: <laughs> Why is too full of himself Yeah I think Yeah okay I don't know him But <laughs> Alright Yeah I'm gonna reserve my words Okay uh, Now turn it over to the CFRs uh, Aquinas' Summa Or Bonaventure's Breviloquium Breviloquium Brevi- Brevi-
1: Brevi- <laughs> <laughs> Brother Mariana wishes He was here for this one We just read both of those For Trinity We did yes. yeah.
0: Summa or Breviloquium What do you going to say?
8: Do you know what those are? <laughs> I only know the Summa And I'm not smart enough To read that <laughs> I would rather not read either of them. Oh. I'm glad I'm grateful people read them. I'm grateful they're important, but I'm
0: good. But you have. I mean to I'm pick not good. Brev. Of- okay, Brev. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bonaventure's brev. As a Let's as share. a
2: theology student that's taking Trinity, I concur. Ooh. Much easier to read. Much easier to read.
0: Look the, at that. What? We're doing our job at no, Franciscan I, I University.
2: I the Breviloquium over the Summa? Are you saying you enjoyed the summa?
0: No.
1: I mean, look, the
3: Suma's great. You can like them both. Yeah, you can like them. But you just have to pick one. Brevoloquium. Yeah. yeah, Oh, okay, 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 okay.
0: Okay, round two. Round two is a special round. It's who would you rather see convert into a hardcore Catholic? Rachel, Taylor Swift or Chris Pratt?
2: I mean, okay, (laughs) <laughs> thinking, thinking in terms of like somebody,
0: somebody from the Peanut Gallery just said Taylor Swift, but what do you got? Okay,
2: so I was going to go Taylor Swift because think about her fan base. If oh, she yeah. converts That's, to yeah. Catholicism, boom, mm-hmm. you've got every young woman ever and a okay. theologian. <laughs> okay, yeah, and, and the, which one? Um, which one? specifically the one at the mic here.
0: That's right. It would help our me.
2: residential Swiftie. I
0: would, I would, I would grow closer to the Lord if that happened. Sister Ref, who would you rather see convert, LeBron or Brianna Stewart? LeBron LeBron Why? Same reason You're thinking about Mass conversions The effect
3: I mean I like that You're so
0: evangelistic I like that
3: (laughs) Okay That's fine
0: Uh, Matt Drew Brees or Zion Williamson? Drew Brees Okay Do tell
1: I just like Drew Brees more than I like Zion I don't watch (laughs) I don't watch basketball like that So
0: Okay okay It's a sport preference Yeah Okay last round Rachel uh, just going back to regular, either or now. Would you rather have coffee from CC's or Starbucks? You're not allowed to say neither, because I know that's where you would go. Is it like the
2: whole menu? Because if it's a oh specific man. type of coffee. All
0: right. Sorry, ahead. I gotta... You make I gotta, it complicated. Go ahead.
2: I'm not trying to make it complicated, man. Go I'm ahead. I'm just trying to, you know, like I have yeah. a preference. At yeah, either. you get the whole menu.
0: Okay, CCs. Because
2: Starbucks coffee tastes bad.
0: Yeah. Like hey, it ma'am. always
2: tastes yeah. burnt.
1: That's right. We're not gonna get a sponsor yeah. for this podcast or look. Are we? we
2: don't want Starbucks, okay? That's right. I would rather some bougie like Atlas coffee or something. Of you know? course. But
0: what are you ordering from CC's? What am
2: I ordering from CC's? Hmm. <laughs> because I am a poor college student, I typically just buy filter coffee. Okay. But if I'm going for something fancy, tall it's coffee. gonna be like an iced Something okay. Cold brew is like my preference when I go to a coffee shop
0: Okay I really just asked that question to hear some of your coffee snobbery That's all I wanted And you delivered Sister Ref, mm-hmm. uh, would you rather listen to Maverick City or Hillsong? <laughs> Come on sister Either or <laughs>
2: I'm going to judge you
0: depending on how you um, answer this.
3: I I would say Maverick City. Mm. Yeah,
0: you answered correctly,
3: right? Didn't she answer right? Yeah, 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 she answered right.
0: Good answer, sister. I like that. You were sweating, though.
3: I was (laughs) because Hillsong kind of covers a lot of our rosary songs that we sing. And it's... (laughs) <laughs> Rachel's cracking up. What you got? Who are you judging Rachel? No,
2: that's just
0: such a funny reason. <laughs> it's,
3: it's not because of that. It's just I didn't know much of their music until I entered and was like, eh, okay. And now hearing some Maverick City, I'm like, okay, I could vibe with that.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like your answer a lot. Matt, either or. Beating Doctor P in fantasy football or winning the TFE Olympics. <gasps> TFE Olympics, easy. Oh, you know I've nice. done
1: I've done both. But the thing is, and this this kinda goes back to, you know, the last podcast. Uh yeah. me or my group winning the Olympics is a group effort. And really in that setting, I don't do anything. It's the kids, right? And I'd rather see the kids be joyful than just me be joyful.
0: Look at two so man of communion. You thank, thank you for roping that back in. I yeah. like that. Fatherly man. heart
3: right there. That's
0: right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, uh last one for the CFRs. Uh you're really hungry. You're in Times Square. You got ten bucks. You go the Halal cart or nuts for nuts? Postulant Mike says nuts for
8: nuts. We'll oh. so, tell us more about that. What what, what are you going to get? It's just nuts. I've never gotten any of it. You're going to spend ten bucks on cashews.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mike Mike goes for ten bucks for cashews. All right.
7: Can I choose a third option? The okay. Na- the Nathan's cart.
0: Oh, the Nathan's cart. That's where you'd go.
7: Over those two probably
0: That's fair, that's fair Okay, nobody's picking the halal cart, huh?
8: I probably, I probably would in actual fact Okay I think so We don't really buy stuff, right? So I don't, I haven't had any experience with either of them But just walking by and seeing them The halal cart looks better
0: Yeah, it does look tasty to me Yeah, okay, that's fair That's fair with that folks we are finished with another episode I want to give a super shout out to the CFRs for joining us today and check them out their Poco a Poco podcast which has been name dropped I don't know 2 or 3 thousand times on this (laughs) one Um, and you could also find them on Ascension Press hanging out with our friend Father Josh Johnson and all that crew Um, and pray for them because uh, these men and their Uh, older brethren have had a significant impact on me uh, in my own life and I can already tell just from your time being down here the sort of witness that you are giving to my family uh, shout out to Mandel and Mike and Ross uh, and to um, our students has been really beautiful it's really powerful to see so thank you for bringing the sort of grace and the beauty of community life to us so y'all can find us at Pod on Twitter And at the Dunces Corner on Instagram, and you can email us at duncepod at gmail.com. All right, y'all. Peace.
2: the teacher's lounge and i was like yes does Boria have like you a stash of like today? sorry
3: bubbly bubbly yeah. yeah. in the
2: snuck was welcomed walked in all they're all the you know
1: does Boria have a stash of like sparkling water in there
2: oh i didn't I look, look that for that no
0: because he you comes stuck into the teacher's lounge.
2: i needed extra hands
0: oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've been here for four years basically i've never been in there what the heck i'm just saying matt you gotta level up you know I'm sorry for that.